horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Has everybody recouped from the weekend? It has been amazing. I mean, uh, we had Oaks Day. We had Derby Day. And, and don't forget, Saratoga was still running. Obviously, they would never be running on Derby weekend, but they were with some really, really good races and uh, oh, a top race even out of Del Mar. So, uh, you know, we've got a lot to cover. I'll do my best to get as much done just to give you a preview. A surprise guest I got last night is going to join us for the second segment. None other than two-time Hall of Famer, and you say, how can you be a two-time Hall of Famer? Well, you can be in the Canadian Hall of Fame and the National Hall of Fame here in the U.S., and he is. Uh, this is the week of the Queen's Plate, which is essentially the Kentucky Derby for Canadian breads. They had to be fold in Canada. Million dollars on the line. Sandy has won that race no less than four times. So we'll just talk about, you know, how it compares to the American Derby. Of course, not this year because everything was so different. And then uh, we're going to have Byron King. Normally, I, I reach out to him when we're doing the races at Churchill Downs, but as it turns out he's spending the weekend down in beautiful Franklin, Kentucky on the Tennessee border at a, a little old place called Kentucky Downs. And he's going to give us the inside information. There's four great races on Saturday. No race is worth less than 500000 Unbelievable. Well, uh, so we'll be talking to him and about that whole really unique uh, meet at Kentucky Downs. I mean, uh, you know, the, it, it's it's interesting how some of the things are shaken out because of the uh, the COVID. I mean, the, uh, the 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 jockey field is going to be amazing. Of course, uh, defending meet titleist jockey Jose Ortiz will be gunning for the three-peat as leading rider. He's going to miss one day because he's getting there late from finishing out the Saratoga meet. And then uh, the um, on the trainer's side of things, you got Wesley Ward, Ian Wilkes, Joe Sharp, who were tied for the lead with four wins apiece last year. Uh, one more than all-time leader Mike Maker, who is coming loaded for bear uh, at, at Kentucky Downs. But back to the riders, it, it's just uh, – it is going to be amazing. Uh, you know, we're talking about some jocks that had never really uh, uh, raced there before. Uh, Hall of Famer Mike Smith. Um, Irad Ortiz is going to join his brother. And how about this Italian guy, Umberto Rispoli? Man, he's something else. Joe Talamo, Martin Garcia, and all those guys are going to be riding for the first time. Uh, others uh, that will be riding regularly will be uh, Johnny V and Javier Castellano. 
Well, <clears throat> let's talk about the 800-pound gorilla in the corner. I'm sure if you're listening to this show, you were tuned in the first Saturday in September for the greatest two minutes in sports, the Kentucky Derby. And uh, it was really strange. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, you know, you could hear everything that was going on. Um, the there wasn't any big band for my old Kentucky home, but Steve Bugelman was there, uh, as always, playing his horn, doing a great job. And uh, But uh, it really had a strange feel to it. And, uh, you know, one of these days I'm going to get around and talk to some of the derby jocks and get, get their impression. But uh, how about Baffert? How unbelievable his, first of all, as you know, he's lost several horses, uh, Charlton and Nadal, along the way to the path to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, so he had two horses in there. Uh, not so fast, John. No, he didn't. Because uh, just as they were coming into the paddock, he lost one of his starters in Thousand Words, who just coming out of a win in the shared belief uh, who uh, flipped in the walking ring, and he kind of went up. You've seen it before, and a lot of times those horses race, Bill. I think it was because of the Derby and the whole world's watching. Uh, they went ahead and scratched him. But when, when he did flip out, um, it, uh, Jimmy Barnes, who is Baffert's main man, was knocked down. He suffered a broken wrist and was taken to an, taken to an ambulance as the horses uh, went to the starting gate. And, uh, so, uh, it, it was, it was up to the other horse authentic who got the job done. Um, you know, you could take nothing away from tis the law or authentic. It was just a, a great, horse race uh authentic uh you know it broke from the 18 tis the law of the 17 uh john velasquez got authentic in a really good spot it was the first time he had ever ridden him uh riding for bob baffert uh now again this is a horse uh, who had never been worse than second came into the race with four lifetime wins and to mischief unbelievable the weekend he had but authentic eight to one uh he went wire to wire but he was challenged by tis the law who, who drew within a head after a mile and i'm sure all those people that made tis the law the odds on favorite were uh thinking oh, this is it manny franco's gonna go by just like he does every race and oh for the second loss of his life it happened at churchill downs it just happened to be the kentucky derby um but nonetheless, hey, he got $600,000, so uh, that beats getting poked in the eye with a sharp stick for sure. Uh, but Authentic uh, uh, just uh, got it together. And, I mean, he certainly came in with a whole lot of credentials, uh, you know. And uh, it, we'll, we'll see where he goes down the road, but uh, Authentic is just that. Uh, he is Authentic. Tis the law. It, it, the... Uh, Third spot went to a horse I certainly did have on my ticket, Mr. Big News, a horse that had only won two races in his life, and one of those was a maiden race at the fairgrounds. Did run uh, big in, in an ungraded Oaklawn stake for 200000 46 to 1 with Gabe Sayez in the saddle. Whew. 
just an amazing Kentucky Derby. All right, we're going to try to get to as many races as we can on, on this week's show because we sure had a lot of them. Let's just take a look at a little more national news uh, if we can. We also pretty much know what happened in the Derby. Now, Saratoga, great meet. No fans on track. They were wagering nearly matched their figures from 2019. Uh, it was uh, it was just uh, something else uh, to see, and uh, it was it turned out to be a great meet for no fans, uh, but people were watching for sure. The average daily handle was 17 million five. Uh, that's not bad at all for a uh, a track with with no fans. So. Uh, you know, what can we say? We'll miss you, Saratoga. It's been a strange summer. I hope to be there in person next year. Now, uh, of course, uh, Del Mar getting ready, uh, closing out the meet, actually. Uh, Flavian Pratt edged Rispoli for the riding title, and uh, it went right down to the last race. They could have tied, uh, but neither of them, I think they ran fourth and fifth. Uh, Peter Milley, Peter Miller uh, ended up winning the um, trainer's title with uh, 28 winners over Phil D'Amato and third place, Bob Baffert. How about this for some knucklehead stuff? Kent DeSormo suspended for disorderly conduct after using a racial slur in July at Del Mar. It, it was something between him and, and a news anchor. They got into a, a verbal dispute in the RV parking area, and him and a 44-year-old, uh, you know, uh, announcer. Uh, it got physical, I guess. After they say Desormo used a racial slur, uh, so uh, he's not going to uh, appeal the uh, suspension. Fifteen days out there. Now, uh, if you want to buy some nice horses, they are for sale coming up at Phasic Tipton. Um, Monomoy girl, I'm talking about her in a minute here, uh, is is going to be sold. Midnight Bizu and Uni, winner of last year's Breeders' Cup Mile, are all going through the sales ring. Again, uh, that would be the Phasic Tipton November sale. Unbelievable, because any one of these horses could go right back into training. It doesn't mean they're all going to become uh, you know, great uh, broodmares. I hope they all do, but we'll find out. Uh, our friend Ahmad Zayat files for Chapter 7 Bankruptcy. Big surprise there, but boy, he ended up owing people so much money. I think it totals up to $14.7 million. He owns Baffert, close to a quarter million. Brad Cox, just under $200,000. And Mike Maker, $120,000. Richard Baltus, uh, $316,000. Steve Asmussen, over $100,000. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be a busy man in court for a long time. Time. All right, folks, let's try to get as many of these out as I can. You probably watched them, but uh, just a recap to go, oh, I forgot who won that race. Uh, and, of course, uh, the uh, old Forrester Bourbon Turf Classic went to Digital Age. And off the air, this is a horse that Rich Eng gave me as his long shot play of the day, paid nineteen twenty. 
uh, just uh, popped out and got the job done. The Irish bread. Um, the factor this tried to wire him, but got caught by by digital age. And uh, then we move down to one of the best photo finishes um, of the day. It was not a nose. It was actually a nostril. And it was Bell's the one getting Sarah Ganey Empress, who put in a gutsy, gutsy effort. I really think seven furlongs is her cup of tea. But nonetheless, it was Bell's the one. Corey Lannery having a real good day for my friend trainer Neil Pesson in uh, just a interesting race. Third was uh, Sally's Curlin. And then the, the uh, Churchill Distaff Turf Mile, uh, the winner in there, Bo Recall, another Irish bred who was next to last and rallied and got up for first over the heavy favorite newspaper of record, another horse that tried to go wire to wire and got caught at that wire. Uh, and previous to that, it was uh, the Iroquois. This is for uh, two-year-old boys and a new stakes record was set by 24 to one shot sitting on go. Uh, how about Dale Romans? Uh, it was his fourth win in this race and the horse is sired by Brody's cause who was trained by Dale Romans went widest of all Corey Landry in the saddle, but got the job done. Uh, midnight bourbon was second. Third was Super stock for Steve Asmussen, the favorite, the ride of a lifetime, led but faded to fourth. And then the Pat Day Mile, this went to Rushi, a gray son of Liam's map with Javier Castellano in the saddle. In the second spot was Longshot Sonaman, and third was Tappet to win. Uh, then we're looking at the American turf and uh, the, the winner in there on the outside at five to one was fancy liquor. Uh, Florent Giroux uh, holding on by a half length over Tayshan. It was 11 to one choice and a third was field pass. So those were the, the major races on, on Derby day. Now, Let's go to the day previous, uh, the Kentucky Oaks. And, uh, you know, everybody thought it was Swiss Skydiver and Gamin Exacta one way or the other. Well, she shares the devil, trained by Brad Cox and ridden by Florent Giroux, was the upsetter in there, $32.20. In the second spot was the one Swiss skydiver horse. I went all in on as I did with tis the law story of my life. And, uh, and in the third spot was Gamine who led, uh, into the stretch, but got caught. And she was the four to five favorite out of the Baffert barn. And then the law Troy uh, the winner in here, no surprise at two to five mana Moy girl uh, got it done for Brad Cox uh, was third uh, moved up at the three quarter pole and a real bold move and pulled away to win by one and three quarters uh, over Lady Kate and horologist um, again on the Oaks card we had the uh, $400,000 Ali Sheba and uh, after a uh, slow pace 
it was by my standards who uh, the favorite got the job done, Gabe Saez, back in the saddle there uh, for uh, Brett Calhoun. Second spot was 11-1 Owendale. I did catch this because 11-1, I liked it. Just got up by a head over 9-1 shot, Silver Dust. Then uh, the Edgewood, grade two, uh, the winner was none other than sharing who pressed the pace three to five there for the grand motion trainee by um, spites town out of the graded stakes winner shared account. Manny Franco was in the saddle for that one. I couldn't quite get the Derby, but he did get the Edgewood over handy woods. Uh, then we had the uh, eight bells and uh, the winner in there, this was Ed's long shot pick. It paid sixteen forty. Ed Meyer was with us. Uh, Wisconsin sixteen forty uh, gets up to take the uh, eight bells. And in the uh, second spot uh, was the uh, four graces. The odds-on choice. Ian Wilkes trainee uh, just uh, couldn't get the job done. And in the third spot was never forget. Now let's not forget the races at Saratoga. On uh, Monday, wired to wire, it was Jackie's Warrior taking the hopeful grade one. Man, some good horses have come out of this race. Nine to five, wire to wire, Joel Rosario in the saddle. And the second spot was uh, the even money favorite, reinvestment risk. And third was Musa Bag. These will all be uh, two-year-olds to put on your list of horses to watch. And let's not forget the Jim Dandy. That's usually a Jim Dandy of a race. The winner in here, last to first, Mystic Guide, uh, coming in uh, from uh, uh, was at the fairgrounds that went to Belmont and finished third. The Peter Pants. He tried blinkers on this horse, and they take this hundred and fifty thousand dollar grade two race and then on sunday it was uh esplanade who uh <laughs> was my favorite horse because i've seen this horse run three times in ohio bread ran second after uh, holding a very fast lead 44 and four for the half but vaquist a daughter of derby winner nyquist uh, got the job done esplanade st- held on for second that was the spin away at saratoga last one from saratoga the grade one woodward handicap the winner in here global campaign wire to wire over tacitus who was the odds on favorite <clears throat> one more to, to go at saratoga it was the uh, prioress frank's rocket at three to two uh takes home that grade two race uh over reagan's eagle and at Del Mar, we had a lot of races, but I'm only going to be able to get you one. And that was the run happy Del Mar Futurity. Bob Baffert has won this race 14 times, and it didn't happen in the Futurity. The winner was Dr. Scheibel, uh, who uh, put Flavian Pratt, that one win, ahead of Umberto Rispoli. Second was Spielberg, and third was Weston. Okay, let me catch my breath during this commercial break, and we come back. A man who is a Hall of Famer north of the border and at Saratoga, none other than the riding great Sandy Hawley, four-time winner of the prestigious Queen's Plate. We'll be right back. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. Well, it was uh, j- just the other day I was looking down and I realized that uh, Canada's Kentucky Derby is going to be run this weekend. And uh, you know, my, my favorite guy from Canada, uh, he used to be a hero of mine. He's not anymore. Now he's a friend. And that's none other than multiple Hall of Fame rider, Sandy Hawley. Sandy, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, John. Thanks for the compliment. And, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've made a wonderful friendship, that's for sure. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, this pandemic came and, and people had to be locked in their house. I, I must say, you, you kind of had a leg up on a whole lot of people uh, to, to be locked up with your uh, beautiful wife, a former uh, uh, Japanese jockey, Keru Tushia. You could be in worse yeah. places. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. I haven't been able to go to Canada. I don't think we've been back there now for about five or six months, but... Uh... Yeah, down here in Lexington, not a bad place to be locked up, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, and uh, I understand that you uh, actually got to watch the Kentucky Derby with a Kentucky Derby winner. I did, I did. I, I watched it with, uh, well, I ended up, uh, we went to a party that Pat Day had. He had a Kentucky Derby party, but we left before the Derby. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, he's such a wonderful host and fantastic guy. And it's the first time I've been to his house, and you should see his wall of trophies. Honest to God, I've never seen anything like it. Um, he, he said he got most of them off eBay, but uh, I don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't imagine. He had to probably build new bookcases and mantles to get everything up oh, there he's got. I'll tell you, I've never seen anything like it. I've been to Bill Shoemaker's place before in California, and he had a wall with all his trophies. I've been to McCarran's his trophies, 
And I'll tell you what, this this one was pretty amazing. If you ever get a, a chance, John, you'll have to check it out for sure. I'll crash the next party he have uh, he has. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any You'll problem with. <laughs> You'll be our guest. I'm sure he would uh, uh, welcome you with open arms. You were you were our, our photographer at our wedding, and Pat Bay was our uh, minister. So yeah, I'm I'm sure uh, you'd be uh, welcome and be there with welcome arms for sure. Well, I don't I don't know that Pat would turn anybody away. So a hobo could show up and he'd be welcome at Pat's house. So he's the he's the man. He's the man. I agree. I was I was asked one time, John. Um, here in Lexington, who my favorite jockey was or who, who the greatest jockey was. And I said, well, I had a chance to ride against Bill Shoemaker. I think he may have been the best. <laughs> the guy got mad at me because I didn't say Pat Day. He said, well, what about Pat Day? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, he's a great jockey, too. <laughs> There's They're a lot both- of them out there. They're both amazing legends, and really the story of their lives is, is something else. Because, uh, you know, Sandy, yeah. you, you in your career, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you started in Canada, really made a name mm-hmm. for yourself up there, but then you took on the big boys out at the, uh, in California, and since then you went around to some of the toughest jockey colonies uh in North America, I mean, uh, you just some of the names you dropped, you dropped right there, you know, uh, uh, Shoemaker, McCarran, Day. Let's face it, you know, when, when those guys were riding, they they ruled the roost, man. They were tough. And you, you, you had to feel a little bit humbled that first day you uh, pulled into the Santa Anita Jacks room. Well, yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, uh, as you mentioned, all those guys, and then the great Lafitte Pinkai, who ended oh. up breaking Shoemaker's record, and who is a very good friend of ours as well, and yours, John, is Steve Cawthon. Just amazing, amazing jockeys. And as you mentioned, uh, when I first went to California, meeting Bill Shoemaker to me was like meeting a movie star. He was all I'd heard about uh, when I was a little kid. I heard about Bill Shoemaker, the jockey. And I just, uh, when I went into the jockey's room, I thought, wow, where's Mr. Shoemaker? Where's Mr. Shoemaker? And I went over and I introduced myself to him and I said, Mr. Shoemaker, pleasure to meet you. You know, I'm looking forward to riding here in California and I've really admired your career. He said, Sandy, just call me Shoe. I said, okay, okay, Shoe. <laughs> and I didn't realize he was the biggest prankster in the whole jocks room. Was he the one that super glued your boots? <laughs> oh, yeah, he used to uh, super glue boots. Uh, he used to like to put <laughs> shaving cream in your pockets. Uh, yeah, he he nailed. Cruz just going with a hammer. Yeah, he. I think he nailed Chris McCarron's shoes to the table one time, and he used to like to sneak up and behind you and burn you on the neck with a hot spoon. So what am I going to say? Thank you, Mr. Shoemaker. <laughs> You're the god he out here. Well, you know, oh, Sandy, we we just went through this strangest derby ever for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I'm, so let, let's just throw this year out, but from everything I've heard from everybody, they just say, look, I've been in a lot of big races, but to go out there on what should be the first Saturday in May, uh, with my old Kentucky home playing by the university of Louisville band that, that, it, that it's an amazing, uh, pageantry. What was, I mean, the Queens plate, I think is one of the oldest races, stakes races in in the country or in North America, shall I say, um, I know you want, you want it four times. Was there a similar feeling? Uh, does, does Canada embrace the Queens plate? Like we embrace the Derby. 
Yeah, you know what? We really do. And you hit the nail on the head because the Queen's Plate is the, is the oldest continuously run race in North America. Of course, the Kentucky Derby would have been, but World War II uh, stopped it. Um, you know, Canada, I guess, the Queen's Plate carried on, and it is the oldest continuously run race in North America. And, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's a pretty big deal, and we, we really hope that, uh, you know, everything gets back to normal maybe next year and you can come up there and be our guest. Uh, unfortunately, we can't be there this Saturday, but, uh, you know, be watching it with, uh, uh, you know, it, it's going to be an exciting race. There's 14 horses in there, and it's a wide-open race. So, yeah, we, we love the Queen's Plate up in Canada, and if you come to it, uh, you're going to love it. Uh, of course, the ladies wear the hats. Everybody's dressed to the hilts, and uh, yeah, it's quite a spectacle. You know, uh, Kentucky Derby is, is pretty amazing, but uh, it's Queen's Plate is like our Kentucky Derby for sure. Um, so uh, the years you won it, were, were you, did you win any with upsetters? Did you win with uh, favorites that you better win with? I mean, four wins, that's something else. Well, actually, uh, the four horses were Almoner, Kennedy Road, Longelure, and Regal Embrace. And Regal Embrace wasn't the favorite. Kennedy Road was the favorite. Longelure was uh, maybe second choice. Almoner was uh, second or third choice. So they all had shots. It wasn't like they were 15 or 20 to 1. Uh, they are all from uh, 10 to 1 down. But uh, all four of them are very exciting. It's, it's exciting being in the Kentucky Derby, the Queen's Plate. You know, big races like that, John, it's uh, a little bit nerve-wracking, but uh, luckily I had an opportunity to uh, to ride in a number of Queen's Plates and, and win four was, was very exciting. But probably the most exciting was in 1978. Uh, it was a horse called Regal Embrace, and it was owned by, you probably know this name, Mr. E.P. Taylor. Yes, very well, Northern Dancer. Uh, he owned the great Northern Dancer, and I remember I was at his farm 10 years before I won the Queen's Plate for him. And, you know, it was amazing. I'm at his farm looking for a job. Of course, Northern Dancer was at stud at the farm at the time. I was just a 17-year-old kid looking for a job, wanting to be a jockey. I was the right size, I thought. And here, 10 years after that, in 1978, here I'm in the winner's circle with Mr. E.P. Taylor. So, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Did he recall your visit to the farm? I mean, I'm sure he met so many people. Uh, I remember <laughs> it's it's really funny because my uncle, Webb Bride, he was the one that was instrumental in be- becoming a jockey because I lived in Oshawa, which is right down the road from Winfield Farms where E.P. Taylor had his farm. And uh, he told me, he said, you're the right size. You should think about becoming a jockey. And I was only 16. So we went to uh, Mr. E.P. Taylor's farm because it was just down the road, and we knew he owned a bunch of thoroughbreds. <clears throat> it was funny. My uncle called and said, we'd like to come out and have an interview with Mr. E.P. Taylor. <laughs> well, you know that wasn't going to happen, but lucky for me, getting in the right place at the right time, and that's happened to me throughout my whole career, we met a trainer by the name of Duke Campbell, who is in the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame as a trainer. And he ended up, he looked at me and said, uh, okay, let me see your hands and feet. And John, honest to God, I thought he wanted to see if I was a hard worker with my hands, but he actually wanted to see the size of my hands. And so he looked down at my feet, and I had small hands and small feet, and he realized I'm 16 years old. I'm probably not going to grow that much because I have small hands and small feet. I guess if I had had like size 9 shoes, 
he would have said, son, you may as well go home. You're not going to be a jockey. <laughs> You're going to grow into those feet. But uh, I just had tiny feet and tiny hands, and he took me under his wing, and um, the rest was history. Uh, I was in the right place at the right time meeting Mr. Duke Campbell at E.P. Taylor's farm. Now, Sandy, the, the over the years when I've seen you, every time I see you, you look like you, you could go ahead and ride again. What have you done to kind of <laughs> keep your weight down and stay fit during this COVID-19 deal? Well, you know what? Crew is an amazing cook. She does a fantastic job, and sometimes I do put on a little bit of weight because she cooks too well. But we go for walks pretty well every day now. And I, I think that's helped a lot. And, of course, I go on the golf course once or twice a week, uh, play with Chris McCarron and, and some of the boys, uh, playing actually tomorrow morning with Alex Solis and Chris McCarron. So we wow. go out there and we have some fun and do a lot of walking on the golf course. So uh, get a little bit of exercise here and there. Oh, good, good. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I've certainly uh, uh, put on my COVID calories. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of tough, man. <laughs> you're working out of the house a lot, and sooner or later, you got to walk past that refrigerator. You know, <laughs> it's like it's tough. It, it, it's tough. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, and what do you do? There's nothing else to do. Watch a little TV, um, do a few things around the house, and then go to the refrigerator. You're right. Well, I, I, I'm sure uh, you're fit as a fiddle, and uh, you know, uh, despite her cooking prowess, Carew has always uh, <laughs> maintained her girlish figure. So, like I said, if you're stuck in a, in a quarantine, you're stuck in pretty good company there, Sandy. <laughs> I am. Carew looks great, and, and you're right. Uh, you know, she was a jockey for 15 years, and um, she. Uh, I don't know. She looks like she could go out and ride tomorrow, too, John. I always thought that. Well, uh, don't forget, stay tuned. I'm sure you've been watching races from around the country and maybe tune into some of the Canadian races. You, as an ambassador of Woodbine, are going to miss being up there this weekend. Uh, the uh, the race before the Queen's Plate um, is the uh, mile and 16th uh, Canadian Stakes. And that's a quarter million dollars, grade two. So we got good racing from Woodbine. And uh, I'm sure they miss you up there. And I am getting my passport next week because I got to renew my driver's license. So who knows? I might you, I might just show up at your uh, doorstep someplace along the line. <laughs> anytime, anytime. And hopefully next year we can be up there for the Queen's Plate. But uh, we'll, we'll watch a pretty exciting one this year. And there's a couple of fillies in there, the one that won the Oaks. Curlin's Voyage, uh, she's, she's got a great shot in there. Phillies have done good in this race, and, and she just won the Oaks. She looks like a, one of the top choices for sure. All right. You heard it from the Hall of Famer, Sandy Hawley. Sandy, thanks a million for joining us. As always, it was great to hear Carew's voice. John. And uh, I miss <laughs> you guys, and uh, be well. Well, we'll get together uh, one of these days soon once all this stuff is over with. All right. Sandy Hawley talking to us, and now it's time to head to Franklin, Kentucky, to Kentucky Downs with the king of the cappers, Byron King. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. Well, as I said earlier in the show, this is a guy I usually reach out to when something big's happening at Churchill Downs, but I knew that he was going to be in town uh, for the Kentucky Downs for a couple of days. This is an amazing weekend, and so I thought I'd reach out to him. I'm sure he's uh, has has done his, uh, his handicapping, uh, none other than Byron King from the Blood Horse. How are you, Byron? I'm great, John, but full disclosure, man, I'm in the, the big city of Louisville. I, oh. I have not yet made the trek down there. So, um, uh, in fact, I don't even think I'm going to be able to. I'm going to be watching it from simulcast So, uh, because we have so much going on with the sales here and, um, you know, that are going on currently in Lexington. So. Yes, they are, and I just saw all those those big mares are going to be entered in the phasing Tipton sales. Pretty impressive, but uh, uh, nonetheless, you have been to Kentucky Downs, right? Uh, not this year, but I have been there many times. In fact, last year I was down there the whole meet. Uh, right before I started my position at the Blood Horse, I, uh, I worked down there and doing publicity, assisting Jenny Reese, so I know the place very well. Well, I tried keeping up with the races at Kentucky Downs. I'd like to talk about four of them with you tonight. I'm sure we can fit it in. Uh, but so just my computer, just a boom, press release from Kentucky Downs. Boom, press release from Kentucky Downs. Is Jenny doing those all by herself or are you helping her out? No, that's Jenny Reese, but she's a machine. You know, Jenny, uh, for, for your listeners that aren't quite familiar with Jenny Reese, I'm going to have to brag on her for a while. Uh, she is an Eclipse Award-winning writer who, for many years, anchored the Courier Journal's coverage of horse racing. 
And it was so outstanding that when I was in college, this is pre-internet, you know, uh, or right in the infancy of internet, my my family would send me her clippings out to Arizona. Uh, wow. When I went to the U of A program. Send me her clippings because the coverage was just so much better than the clippings I could read out in Arizona. And uh, that's, man, I, I grew up reading Jenny Reese. She was just spectacular. And you, you really won't find a harder working person. And now she does PR for Kentucky Downs and Ellis Park. And, I mean, what an ace up, the, up their sleeve they have there. Yeah, the, and the, the Kentucky HVPA. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was watching Churchill last weekend. And, you know, there's not that many of us press corps there. But after every race, there was Jenny with her, you know, uh, camera getting recordings mm-hmm. and then uh, doing interviews. And I knew that as soon as that last race was done, she had to start working on Kentucky Downs. Not that she hadn't been already been doing her homework. She is pretty amazing. So, uh, no, I, I mean uh, – as the photographer of her wedding, hey, how about that? I had back-to-back guests. <laughs> well, no, not back-to-back, but we're talking about I, I shot Sandy and Carew's wedding, and uh, I shot Pat and uh, Jenny's wedding. Uh, she got married in the Winter Circle at Churchill Downs, which I don't think many wow. people have been allowed to do that over the years. Wow. Uh, well, if anybody's yeah. deserving of it, it would be uh, it would be her. So that's, uh, that's awesome. So, uh and you as a photographer, that sounds like a hell of a wedding, man. I bet you all had some good times. Oh, yeah, we did. You know, there was a, 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 oh, man, his name will come to me in a minute. But he was a character down there. He had his band playing, and the party was at Churchill. But it was just like out in the paddock area and stuff. It was a blast. Uh, but none, nonetheless, let's get down to Kentucky Downs because I need all the help in the world. This is the toughest card in america as far as i'm concerned and what i do byron and i don't know if you do when you're handicapping these races is i try to go through because i didn't go into the whole description of the track for the audience but it's you know the most european racetrack in america and it's undulating and basically if you took a pair and laid it on its side that is kind of the outline of the track and so races at different distances have bizarre angles and starting and and then don't forget when i you know you're going down hills and up hills and once they hit the stretch byron you're like you might your horse might be on the lead and you go where the hell's the finish line and the stretch is so long they have to have two cameras to shoot the stretch run i mean it's and they're going uphill so yeah if you're leading coming for home don't go cash your ticket because <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen but you know the biggest race of the day on saturday million dollars up for grabs it's now called the kentucky farm kentucky cup uh, and last year i was there it was the kentucky turf cup and you had zulu alpha and arclo in a really good race and both of those horses are back in on Saturday. Yes, it's a it's a heck of a field. In fact, I think it really speaks to the quality of the race this year that Google Alpha is like arguably the top North American stayer on the grass around. I mean he won the Pegasus World Cup invitational turf stakes. He's three for four on the year. He hasn't uh run a whole lot since the summer, he ran in the Elkhorn at Keeneland, and he won that for Mike Maker. But they're trying to bring him in fresh into the Breeders' Cup this year. 
So they had about two months of spacing from the Alcorn to this race, and then they'll have two months into the Breeders' Cup. They feel like that's the way that he runs his best races. As you mentioned, he won the race last year. Arklo won the race the previous year. And uh, Mike Maker is like the king of this race. He's won it, except for the year that Arklo won. He's won it every year since 2015. So it is his baby, and he's bringing over his big dog. Uh, he absolutely is. Uh, are, are they your picks, or did you kind of find another jewel uh, hiding from us there? Well, I, I like Arklo. I don't like Arklo. Pardon me. I've never been a big Arklo adds blinkers, and while that improved some horses, I've never been a big fan of it on a, on a stayer. Sometimes I think it can make them a little aggressive, and sometimes it can backfire a little bit. So um, I'm not going to play him. Also, his forms are a little shaky, uh, which is one of the reasons why they're adding it. So I think Zulu Alpha is the one to use there, but I would try a bunch of other prices. Uh, Postulation, I think, has a good shot underneath. You know, uh, Red Knight, I think, does too. I would take, I would put Zulu Alpha and maybe put him on top of about four or five horses in the, you know, the eight to 15 to 1 range because I think other than Zulu Alpha and Arklo, there's just going to be prices galore. Well, I can see why. I mean, uh, the fullest fields uh, in North America and uh, the, the, the richest purses. Well, let's go to one of those cheaper races now. The 700,000 <laughs> run happy turf sprint. And again, we have a returning uh, victor in uh, Rusty Arnold's Totally Boss. Yes, uh, he won the race last year. He comes off a very, you know, fine effort. I believe I'm not staring at the past performances, but I believe he was second in the big turf sprint at Keeneland in July. Just a really like was flying. I believe he got beat a lip by a stablemate, Leinster. So he's in good form, uh, but it's far from a, you know, a two horse race here. Uh, you've got horses are in here that are just. I think you've got about six horses that are between. You know, nine to two and eight to one. Bound for nowhere is my just ever so slight edge going to him. He's another horse that has run well on this course. He's just super honest. And Wesley Ward, like Mike Maker, Mike Maker's the all-time leading trainer with Kentucky Downs. Wesley Ward's number two. And these guys know what they're doing. And obviously, I think anytime you're dealing with Kentucky Downs, because as you prefaced by its odd shape and, and the, the course changes and whatnot, you know, it's a love or loathe kind of horse or uh, course for horses. So I think if you can find one that has shown the ability to handle it, it gives you a little bit more confidence going in. So, for example, uh, on the opposite side of that, Imprimus uh, ran poorly in the race last year. Uh, so as a result, I'm a little less keen on him in this particular spot. Well, the other thing, you know, that I was reading from one of the many, many press releases coming out of Ellis Park is the amazing jockey colony that it's drawn. You know, with the COVID-19 thing, you know, people either have to get into Kentucky, you know, and ride. And I think, you know, some of the guys that, uh, you know, rode in the uh, 
the Derby have decided to stick around. You got both Ortiz brothers uh, down there. I mean, there's so many amazing things about this meet. You know, it's like, how do I not pick this horse? How do I not pick this horse? How do I not? (laughs) And, but again, I always lean a little bit towards the horses that have had success at Kentucky Downs because it it takes experience to, to ride there. You know, because you've got to understand you're not on a flat course and adjust your horse accordingly. You know, horses aren't used to going downhill around a turn and then immediately springing back uphill. Or are they um, used to some of the the, uh, uh, configurations? Like we'll go to the Kentucky Downs Lady Sprint. It's a grade three, uh, half a million up for grabs, but the way it's set, they break out at six and a half furlongs and go pretty quickly into the turn. And then, you know, they have to come around and go in at six and a half furlongs. So, um, it just, uh, you know, I think being an experienced rider, there's a, a big help. Of course, one thing that always ju- jumps off the paper to me is Wesley Ward. I always on the grass, give his horses, a, you know, a, more than a second look and he's got Kamari in here. Um, and, but, uh, I guess the favorite and boy, talk about a mare that's Hickory is got stormy. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're talking about a, you know, a mare that's one of the top turf milers in the country, female, male, you name it, you put her in there, you know, she was, uh, just has run at the very highest levels. Um, she has not had the, quite the year this year. I think that they had hoped that she would have. Uh, part of that they attribute to the fact that she's caught some turf courses with some given the ground. Um, she likes her turf course firm. And unless the rain comes this weekend, at least for a little, they're calling for scattered showers with sunshine too uh, this weekend. But it's been pretty dry here. So. Unless the rain comes, she should get that hard course that I know Mark Cassie would like. Well, as always, I'm a master of the obvious. I think I've pointed out two of the horses that you've really got to watch in this uh, six and a half for a long sprint. Um, Anybody underneath I should keep an eye on or put on my ticket? Yeah, you know, I could actually see the possibility of a surprise. One thing to keep in mind for your listeners is Kamari could come out. She was also entered in the state for just straight three-year-olds, um, three-year-old fillies on Sunday at Kentucky Downs. So she could come out of there depending on what they choose to do. So that's just a little bit of a heads up there. But I think, you know, this is something that if by chance, you know, uh, God Stormy doesn't care for this unique course or just finds the different pace of a sprint, Maybe not to her liking. I think you could have the potential for, you know, some nice payoffs. I, a horse that I kind of like a little bit is Into Mystic. Into Mystic has shown a whole lot of improvement in her last couple starts since they got her on the grass. She had been doing a, a good deal of dirt sprinting, and she's shown a lot of improvement. Got some pretty flashy figures, but I think she will probably slip through the cracks a little bit from a class perspective, and uh, maybe she could offer a little value. Uh, a, a Brendan Walsh uh, trainee, uh, Joe Talamo will be there. I think Talamo is one of the riders that 
hasn't really ridden there regularly. It, it, it's it's got to be a, a learning curve for these guys. It's like, say what? <laughs> yeah, I, there's I, no I, doubt I, that, you know, the he has been there, you know, obviously not as often as some of these other guys, but he's also had the same, you know, last few days to get adjusted here a little bit to it. So I still think more than anything, the main component in handicapping is the horse and the the jockey you can praise them and certainly they can uh make a difference but it's about the horse and i think he's got a very live mount here and you know because you know he's on him and perhaps not someone that people are really accustomed to winning a whole lot there uh you might get a little bit slightly higher odds so that's the trade-off all right into mystic there we're talking with Byron King, uh, I believe the one of the associate editors of the Blood Horse. Hard to keep all your titles uh, straight. Uh, you've, uh, moved Much up like the, yourself, I, I, I'm a man of many titles, and you are too. You know, <laughs> so, uh, it's well, hard got, to keep it straight. We got two minutes to post. It's not the largest field of the day, uh, but the Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf. This one's a mile where they got a pretty much a straight run before the, they actually have to go right before they turn left. And uh, I, I believe uh, Regal Glory, Chad Brown trainee with Jose Ortiz, who rules at Kentucky Downs, uh, is. Uh, considered the, uh, the the favorite right now. Are you agree or you got some smoke behind it? Well, I would take a chance against her. She's certainly legitimate. She's been chasing newspaper record in her last couple starts, and we know how good she is, right? I mean, she's a Breeders' Cup winner from, you know, a couple years back, has really had a great campaign this year. But Riga Glory, I don't know. There's just been times when I've seen her where, She's either dead heated or it's been really close. I just don't think that her margin of error that she has uh, over this group is, I don't think the gap's really large. So in light of that and the fact that she'll be a popular choice, I'm kind of inclined to maybe take a little price. I, I'm intrigued by Secret Message. Secret Message is a grand motion trainee who has run some good races over the years, and she was actually in the Diana um, two or three weeks back, and she he obviously thought quite highly of her to run her in that grade one, or at least that was his intention. And I believe she acted up in the gate, or at least that's why I believe she disgraced the gate. Uh, I think she got unruly in there, and uh, these days um, vets, understandably, are very, very cautious with a horse that gets um, unruly in the gate, and she was scratched. But now she shows up here as an alternative spot, just like the confidence he showed in her that he was ready to run her in the grade one level. And now uh, this is not a grade one race. So uh, I kind of view that as a, a, as an encouraging signal. Well, Byron, I got to get out of here. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to winning ponies. Want to thank Sandy Hawley and all of your listeners. We appreciate you folks. Thanks for listening to winning ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week. 
and may your photos always be winners.